Today on Locked On Canadians, should the Habs trade for Clayton Keller, uh, world championship check-in, and tons more mailback questions, including draft questions. That's all coming up today on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 853. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order that my co-host is currently modeling, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick. And I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla here on Locked On Canadians. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. And as I mentioned, we're on YouTube, but we're also free and available everywhere else as well. Wherever you get your podcast, you will find us. Scott, it is the end of the week. It is the Friday mailbag. We've got tons of stuff to talk about. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing great. Uh, it's almost, well, it is Memorial Day weekend. The long weekend will kick in tomorrow at about noon. Everyone will come in to buy their alcohol, their burgers, their hots, and everything else. I am very excited. We are going wine tasting over the long weekend once I get out of work. Very, very, very excited to catch up with some people and just enjoy the Finger Lakes for a couple of days. So, But I know it is Friday. That means we have the mailbag first. So we have to get through all of our listeners' fun insane and everything in between questions at some point and if you ever want to send us questions you can leave the questions in the youtube comments and put mailbag uh, at the beginning or mailbag episode or whatever it is just so that we know that you want us to bring it up on the mailbag show uh you can also email us at locktoncanadians at gmail.com or tweet us at lo underscore canadians but first before we get into all the mailbag questions let us check in on the world championships because scott you've got a lot to say about that i do the world championships have been very fun this year for a number of different reasons. And the biggest thing today uh, with the way the results went is that you have the U S and Canada in the entering the medal rounds there, which is usually expected. There are none of the other usual suspects in the medal round this year. There's not a Czech Republic team or Czechia. My apologies. Slovakia, not there. Uh, Russia, obviously still banned by the IIHF. Sweden and Finland not there as well. In the semifinals, playing against Canada and the U.S., are Germany and Latvia. And to me, that's... We talk a lot about growing the the game and the sport of hockey a little bit here. And I look at this and go, no one expected Latvia. Nobody expected Germany, maybe, I think. The Switzerland came into the into the elimination rounds flying high, one of the top teams in the tournament there. And we talk a lot about the growth of hockey as a sport overall. And I like to think that this is a big step forward. And yeah, Latvia is probably not a big long-term contender, but German hockey has been doing nothing but on the way up in recent years. And I'm a big fan of watching these smaller countries 
make it on this big stage here. We saw it with Slovakia at World Champion or at uh, World Juniors years and years ago. If you want to keep growing hockey and see the results, the German team being competitive a lot more often now, watching a team like Latvia be in there, Switzerland even being competitive in this tournament and being very good in this tournament, it's a huge step forward as hockey is a global game. And the more competition, the more forces teams like Canada and the United States to just be better, adapt, and overcome. You can't just be, we're the top teams, deal with it. Every team has a chance to knock somebody off here. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen in this tournament here, but there's still that opportunity because the German team and the Latvian team, even the teams that were eliminated, are a lot better than they used to be. And the Giants can't just rest on their laurels anymore. I think that's a really important thing for international hockey. And I think it's incredible. And it's one of those things where you saw it with some patients. You see them getting better and better. And we talk a lot about, you know, people always love to say that the women's game is just like a two-horse race or whatever. But you're seeing it. And if we put the same amount of support behind the women's game as well, you're going to see those teams that Canada and the U.S. are always beating easily become more of a challenge, pose more of a challenge, and ha- and be a more perennial contenders for these medal rounds or championship rounds or, or knock knockout stages, depending on the tournament. So it is really exciting to me. It's, it's exciting to watch some nations progress, but it's also, it increases the competition in the NHL to get the best of the best, right? Like we keep talking about more at Cider. I don't want it to be just a unique situation, right? Like the superstars should be coming from elsewhere. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't want it to be a flash in the pan and then a couple of guys, right? We want it to be truly from, from, from everywhere. You have an opportunity to play in the NHL because your country was able to grow the game within its borders. And I think that'd be really cool. Just, just in terms of like the competition as well for teams, the competition for players, the competition for the Canadian game too, in particular, like we're talking a lot about, you know, uh, now about all the hazing and all those kinds of things that are going on in the Canadian game. And I feel like just having a superior product around the world will kind of shift the focus a little bit from the cult of personality that is hockey players and have these like, you know, have these programs wake up a little bit and be a little bit better for the players, for anybody in the community the players will come into contact with. I know this sounds like a huge tangent, but I promise you it's not. Like, I think that there is something um, fundamentally broken about the way that hockey players are treated and grown in this country. And I think that having competition and watching other countries do it better uh, should, should really, really provide an example for Canadian hockey as well. And we had talked a little bit in an episode earlier this week about how can uh, the NHL and North American hockey kind of borrow from European soccer football. I look at Euros and I look at the World Cup and you see countries just pulling off upsets and everyone's getting better. Countries like England can't just win the World Cup because they have the most, uh, have to make the most of them. And unfortunately, Gareth Southgate is not the manager for that, but that is a rant for another podcast and another time. But you see these small little countries that you're not expecting, and they just keep getting better and better. And I want to see that in hockey. I want to watch world championships. I want to watch world juniors. I want to watch the Olympics where you don't know. And you go in and go, man, German team might do it. Man, the Latvians might upset, you know, Sweden again like that. I I love that feeling. Going in and knowing that the U.S. is going to win 10-1 or Canada is going to score eight goals is boring making it more exciting do the talent, you know, being spread out across hockey and growing in other countries is a good thing. 
And yeah, we want Samuel Montembeau to win potentially a gold medal for Canada. We want to see Lane Hudson and Sean Farrell and Luke Tuck win a gold medal for the U.S. But at the same time, I want to see fun and I want to see that kind of chaos there because it makes it worth tuning in for. And I think that's really, really, truly important for the sport of hockey as a whole, personal bias aside. I absolutely agree with you, uh, but now it is time to move on to our Friday mailbag, and we're going to do that in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. What are Bird Dogs? They're shorts or pants that are stylish and comfortable. They're comfortable. And honestly, like everybody got some. I gave mine to my brother-in-law. He loves them. They're comfortable. They're stylish, you know, and they're so versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them if you're gardening or throwing out the trash. They're truly amazing pairs of shorts. And also, I got to keep the tumbler. Um, I didn't give away the tumbler uh, because it's really, really cool. And if you want to get your hands on some, you really got to go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and enter code locked on NHL for this free tumbler. Uh, honestly, truly, you want one, you want these comfy shorts, you want to be able to be stylish, you want to be able to, you know, to be comfortable and all kinds of stuff. So again, just go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, we'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I can vouch for the tumbler. Scott can vouch for the shorts. My brother-in-law can vouch for the shorts. Definitely go. But now it is time to get into our mailbag. So this comes from Andrew on YouTube. I'm just going to get right into it because we've got a ton of amazing questions. So and, and some of them might take a little bit of debate. Andrew on YouTube asks, should the Habs trade for Clayton Keller? Um, and then update, would we trade Cole Caulfield for Clayton Keller? So would we should should the Habs trade for him? I believe the unanimous consensus is yes. Scott, what should the Habs give up? I mean... Yeah, if you can get Clayton Keller, go right ahead and get Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller's great. Playing on a bad Coyotes team, he put up 86 points last year, 37 goals, 49 assists. He's a great player, and that's not up for debate. He's been a very good player for the Coyotes since he's come in the league. 65 points, 47 points, 44 points, 35 points in a 56-game season there. 63 points in 67 games, 86 points in 82 games. He is absolutely that guy. And that's, I don't know if I want to get, I, I, I want to say no to giving up Cole Caulfield, but at the same time, I also acknowledge that that is a lot of personal feeling in there. I love Clayton Keller as a player. And I think if this Arizona thing doesn't, I always hope it does. And I don't think it is going to, because as we've discussed prior, I don't think it's going to happen. You absolutely should make this happen. 24 years old, hitting his prime. He's got a long-term contract that I talked about. This episode is a comparable for Caulfield there. You absolutely should trade for him. And my heart says no. My brain's saying, well, hold on a minute. Let's take a look here. Would you give up a potential 45 to 50 goal score for a guy who is good for potentially 90 points a season where he is the main part of the offense as compared... It's a, it's a tough choice. It all comes down to how you value what you think his ceiling is or if he even wants to come here in the first place. But if he's available, hell, make it happen. Honestly, make it 
I also just want to like really quickly before we move on to other questions, like the YouTube roundup. So the general consensus when we talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois, like just so everybody knows, uh, particularly you Winnipeg Jets fans, we weren't <laughs> advocating for the Montreal Canadiens to trade. We're not sitting here coveting Pierre-Luc Dubois, okay? We were literally reacting to a story that constantly gets talked about in this market and news from a reputable person about what the Winnipeg Jets wanted in exchange for Pierre-Luc Dubois, okay? Nobody here is, like, crying Jets fans over that. But for Habs fans, there was, like, quite a bit of, you know, it used to be that we would talk about it and people would be like, no thanks, you know, he's a diva, he's got an attitude. That was a lot less after this episode, but I do think that the general consensus among Habs fans, Habs fans, and I absolutely agree, and Scott, I believe you do too, is that if the Canadians are going to be able to get him next year, there's no point in giving up assets for him now. It truly, there isn't. Like, there, it's not like it's a contending year or whatever. Like, the only advantage to getting him now really is to avoid another team swooping in with a better offer at the end of it. But, I mean, if you're going to trade for him anyway, like, that's always a risk, right? It's and, and also, like to me, the only other benefit really is that if you already think that, like, right now your core for the future is set – you want them to gel together, get chemistry. Like, you know, you want, you want Pierre-Luc to, like, Dubois to get used to the, the Canadian system. You want these players to, to play together. But I don't think the Canadians are there yet. So, like, really, it's not worth giving up assets for him. And the other thing, too, is that if the Canadians take great strides, it's only going to solidify his desire to come home, right? So I think, like, what the Canadians can do right now is not give things up for him, uh, wait a little bit and also continue to improve on the ice continue to improve their development show some promise have like marty be the coach that everybody wants to play for which i think is true already but just you know in general like you just like if if the canadians look like they're going somewhere all of those other factors go out the window players want to play here if there's a possibility to win that's what players want you know like you can talk about the taxes until the end of the day if the team is good enough and you think you're going to win a cup you think you're going to be part of something special you're going to deal with the taxes. You're going to ask your lawyer to come up with some schemes and stuff like that to help you pay less taxes in the, in the meantime. I don't think it's that big a deal. So anyway, I got on this rant. I just mean that, like, you know, Winnipeg Jets fans, chill out. We're not sitting here coveting. They're like, I hope he goes to Boston. I'm like, fine, let him go to Boston. I don't care. We'll <laughs> just do fine. this again in a year when he wants to get traded again. Like, right? it's, like I just want it to be over. I don't – if I, pick a lane. Is he, is he staying or going or somewhere else? I don't want to do the Yager thing where I keep getting my hopes up. Honest to God. Like, yeah. if he ends up here, great, cool. End of the storyline. If he goes somewhere else, cool. End of the storyline until his contract's up and then we deal with this again. <laughs> That's several years off, honestly. Yeah. But anyways, I just, I, just, I just wanted to kind of share with our listeners what the pulse is from our other listeners. The listeners who are weighing in. We generally seem to be, you know, there's a couple of people that don't want him at all. There's a couple of people that think he'd be sick in Montreal, but they don't want to give anything up for him. And there's a couple of people that are like, let's see if we can get rid of Yoel Armia. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but still love you, Yoel. But it's, you know, it's, it's probably a pipe dream at this point. We'll see if Kent Hughes can do any magic. All right, let's get into um, one mailback question before we move on to the next segment. Um, and... We'll start with our good friend, Mike O'Brien. Mike, come on the show. Uh, who are you eyeing at the 31st or 32nd pick now that the Florida Panthers are in the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, which 
that needs unpacking a lot of different ways. So I'll pull up the the uh, rankings on elite prospects here because they're the ones I tend to look at here. They have on their ranking, honestly, uh, a couple of people in here that I'm really interested in. Uh, Ethan Gauthier is at their 30th. Gabriel Perot is their 31st. And Tom Willander is their 32nd. Any of those three, and I'm laughing. I don't think Perot will fall that far. Willander is an interesting choice, though. And he's someone that I think is I've actually picked in a lot of the mock drafts that I have done. I would be a huge, huge fan of that uh, if he were there. Uh, Goche, I think, is another good pick as well. I know Matt Drake's a big fan of his. There's a lot of potential options. that Someone's going to go off board and everything is going to shift at that point. But if Willander's there, that's the kind of guy I'm looking at right now. I'm just going to defer to you on that because you're way more dialed in. I look at the top 10 and then I'm like, who cares? Uh, not, I, I care. Listeners, I care. Um, but we'll be talking more <laughs> about that stuff, you know, in the coming weeks. Like I said, we've got lots of draft guests planned for you guys. Um, and I hope you're, you're excited because it's going to be a good off season. In the meantime, we're going to move on to our next segment where our nemesis tries to get us, get us both arrested. And that's coming up in just one moment. I, Yep. I, I don't know what else to say, but first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel has great promotions every day, and if you've tried it, you'll know it is a safe and secure app, and the best part is that you will get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. Scott, we have some more questions. We're going to get to our nemesis trying to get us arrested in a second. Uh, but let us talk about a couple of fun ones from our good friends. Uh, one, Jeff the Red. Which, Hab play which Habs players would you most want on your beer league, beer league slow pitch team this summer? It is baseball season. I I'm going to say right away, Brendan Gallagher, just because he seems like the insanely competitive guy who would try real hard and also josh anderson who i think could probably just hit the ball a mile uh in that same vein of just ultra competitive want to just play beer league soft carry price because we know he's good with the glove so why wouldn't you want that yep absolutely i also would throw in nick suzuki just because you know he's a very athletic person he plays multiple sports he's probably good at it and uh just for good measure Jonathan Kovacevic. Mr. Van Life himself. It is the off season. I still can't pronounce his name, but you should check out his Instagram because he's literally, it's literally Van Life. He's living the Van Life in the summer. If only we could all do that. It's, it looks like so much fun. Uh, all right. So speaking of fun, what is the best Habs gear for a dog? Well, Scott, you have a dog, so you can answer this question. I do. Uh, I do not have any Habs gear for said dog. Uh, it's difficult, but it all depends on where you live too. Uh, if you're living in Montreal, a good Habs winter coat for your dog would probably be a smart thing. Uh, I gotta say, 
a good harness or a good collar is always very important for that. Um, and a comfortable leash, uh, as always. And then you just get them a Toronto Maple Leafs chew toy to destroy. So it all, it's not Habs related, but if you're, if your dog is like my dog who just decides, Hey, this is stuffy and, you know, soft, I'm going to go ahead and just destroy this within days of getting it. Also, your dog has very stylish bandanas. She does. Every time she gets groomed, she gets a new bandana. Yes. And she's so collected you, a bunch of them. You could get a Habs bandana for a dog. I could get That'd a Habs be bandana. Really nice. Uh, all right. So then our good friend Goalie Droid has a question. What other sport would you see Habs players try? We can't say hockey sports or golf. We want to watch them try other sports. Somebody said figure skating. No, we can't use figure skating either. It has to be something that's like out of their out of their comfort zone. I want to watch them play. I want to watch some of these guys play soccer because I'm not sure that some of them have the coordination to do anything. But then I also think like Yol Armia and Yuri Slavkovsky would probably be like incredible at it for some reason. Um. Also, does slam ball count as a sport still? If not, uh, don't care. I'm picking that anyways what is slam because ball? you can't tell. Me- don't make the face. How? Okay. Listen. So <laughs> you know uh, where I grew up. <laughs> fair enough. Slam ball, and I want to say this was early Spike TV era. Was you have a basketball court, but inside the arc and everything are just trampolines. So you could have like a three-point dunk if you jumped on that trampoline and dunked it from the three-point arc. It looked insanely dangerous, but it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and I want it to come back on TV so badly. Slam ball rules so hard. And I want to try it. Okay. Um, What other sports? Honestly, I'd like to see some of these guys run. And let me tell you why. Because if they're skating, the way that their muscles get built, I feel like their their legs are not long enough to do... You know what I mean? Like the the bulk of their muscles are in the wrong places. Um, I'm like making hand gestures here. But I think you know what I mean. Um, So I feel like their legs are developed differently and they're not conducive to running. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you're a fitness professional, if you know anything about about skating and and things like that. It just just feels like they're built differently from all the years and years of skating. Um, And I think that's about it. Like, I'm pretty sure we already talked about the baseball one. So I'm pretty sure those are the sports. Um, Jim, our friend in Ottawa, asks us an interesting question. With a potential exodus of staff from Toronto, who should Montreal target? And why is it their entire sports medicine department? I mean... I wouldn't say no to some of the people they have working on the cap situation a little bit as well. Uh, I I also don't know if Toronto's sports medicine department is the one to go after seemingly for like two and a half years now. At the same time, it can't get worse than it is in Montreal already, and I am knocking on wood as I say that before I curse this team again. I need to remind myself to, to like get off mute. We've got a question from <laughs> our good friend uh, Johnny S. and the Twitter DMs. 
Hi guys, mailback question. Seeing as there's a dearth of right-handed defensemen in the Canadian system, what do you think of Ratko Gudas as a free agent target as a stopgap? Imagine a third pair of Gudas and Jackai. So, statistically, yeah. He's exactly what you would want in a third-pairing defenseman. He eats up defensive minutes, posts pretty good results, all things considered, with them. I just worry about if you put him and Jack on the ice together, you're just never going to not be killing a penalty at some point during the regular season. It would be the most violent pairing the NHL has seen uh, since Zdeno Chara was allowed to just brutalize people for most of the late 2010s. Honestly, though, I'm here for it if the price is right, but I think Radko Gudis' price is going to be through the roof after the playoffs he's had because every team is going to be, hey, we need this guy. Look at how good he was in the playoffs. Look at how hard he is to play against. And his asking price is going to be potentially out of the Canadians' price range at this point. Yep. I also just feel like statistically, like, They'll they'll just be in the box the entire time together. Yes, it would be really I mean, funny if they do it holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just uh... <laughs> I just think it's funny when they're like when they're sitting there and like and like they look punished like in kindergarten. <laughs> it's just two dudes chilling, just guys being dudes in the penalty box. I get it. Holding hands. All right. I think we've done all the questions and now we're at our nemesis question. And the nemesis wants to know, what are some good ways to temporarily tank a stock price for a few days so your vesting taxes are lower? Asking for a friend. I will not be answering this question, Will. Uh, My lawyer has advised I don't (laughs) advise anyone on committing fraud. uh, But hypothetically speaking, uh, Twitter smear campaign, I'm pretty sure. I will neither agree nor disagree with this. <laughs> I, I would never engage in such a practice. Um, and uh, I don't even need a lawyer to advise me not to answer this question. <laughs> Thanks, Will. I, I refuse to go to jail for you. Um, and now everybody who listens to the show knows what you're planning. So <laughs> great job there. <laughs> I can hear the end my phones as we speak right now. Just ay ay ay. All right. For those of you who do not want tips on how to get into jail um, and want want to ask us mailback questions, please do so at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can also leave in the YouTube comments. Just write mailback question at the top of your question or at the beginning of your question so we will know to bring it up in the mailbag show. We've got so much to discuss with you guys over the coming weeks, particularly about the draft and you know what? Before we know it, we're going to be in free agency too. Uh, so all of that is coming up. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube or as well as on YouTube. Uh, please do both. That would be lovely. Uh, and you'll find uh, Scott on Twitter and Scott Mala. You'll find me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you all on Monday.